Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, what was more exciting to me than anything else is how bad Michigan is. I mean, they stink. Good grief, Colorado's horrible. It's the worst team in the, this side of the Rockies. And uh, Michigan, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get under some of the Michigan fans. Any real Michigan fans in here? Oh, Carmen, I didn't see you. They really stink. Um, and, and, and also, uh, one of the best things that happened yesterday was it was the celebration of me and my birthday. I turned 36 yesterday. Um, yes, yes. Uh, my son, Kellen, woke me up, tapped me on, on the arm, and with his little boy morning breath, which is sweet and sour, um, uh, he said, Daddy, uh, you're 36, but uh, you don't look that old and you don't sound that old. You, you don't look like old like grandpa or anything like that. And I was like, get out of here. <laughs> Leave. Uh, and then uh, uh, Katie, my wife, got me tickets to the Jim Gaffigan show. If you like Jim Gaffigan, he's a comedian. Uh, and he's playing in town, I think, in the next two weeks. And so we're going to go to that. And I love going to events like that um, because I, I know, especially that, like if you know me, th that's a great gift because I just enjoy laughing. Like I just want to laugh and just get people around, make jokes, and just laugh, just enjoy life. And so to go to that show, if you've ever heard Jim Gaffigan, he's hilarious, and uh, he, I, I enjoy him so much that I know that being in the room, that I will go to that, uh, that show expecting to laugh, like I actually will go to that show just basically like, okay, Jim, make me laugh, like, and I will expect him to, to, to bless me, like I will expect him, expect him to do something for me, to make me laugh, to make it an enjoyable time for me. And uh, when you go to a show like that, it, that, that's what that is, that's like, I can't wait, I just know I, I can expect him to make us all laugh. And that's the way those, those things are supposed to be. And what, what we're talking about in this series is we're talking about how um, we're supposed to be the kind of people who express how good God is. Basically, once we realize how good God is, then we're going to express back to him. What we've been saying is uh, we express how much we love God because of how much he loves us. And we don't know how much he loves us when we start out. We have to learn how much he loves us. And then when we learn how much he loves us, we know that he's an amazing God, and he keeps his promises. So he displayed how much he loves us on the cross, and before that, he had promised that he would love us that way and give us everything we need. And so for everybody that is in a relationship with Jesus, we should look at anything that God says he's going to do, and it should prompt us to a place of recognition or worship. So when God says, I'm going to take care of you, we should, oh, we should know, like, no matter what happens, like, I'm going to be taken care of. God, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. Okay, no, okay. Uh, in, in, in the future, it says that in, in the scriptures, in, 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 when we all, like, get to heaven... Uh, with the Lord, when we all get to heaven with the Lord, that we're going to like have every tear wiped uh, away. So like he's going to wipe away our tears. So God has all these promises. I talked about last week that God said that he promises you an abundant life. And so like if you're sitting here and your life feels empty, then that means that like you can know that God has promised to try to fill up your life. And like that promise based upon God's 
personality and based upon his character should prompt praise. And we looked at the story in Genesis, and you can go back and you can, you can uh, listen to the message, watch the message online, uh, and go back into Genesis 22 where we see the story of God promising Abraham that he would have a son. And them laughing because they, him and his wife were so old that he couldn't believe that he would give him a son. Like, no way, uh, you're going to give me a son. And then, after God promised that, he promised a bunch of other things that would come from his son. Kingdoms, nations, uh, success, all these different things that would come a as a result into all the world through this son. That he was overwhelmed with the promise and then he was blown away by God fulfilling his promise. And once, once he fulfilled his promise... Isaac was, or Abraham was different. He was totally different. He basically looked at God and said, hey, whatever God says he's going to do, he's going to do. So when he says it, I'm just going to worship him. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to be obedient to him. I'm going to follow him no matter what. And that's when God says to him, well, go take your son and sacrifice him. And he's like, okay, when? I will. I'll do whatever you say. Because even though that might not make sense, you're a God who makes promises and you keep your promises. So I'm going to follow you no matter what you say. I'm going to follow you. And so these, these promises should start this, this kind of revolution in our life, and, and, and we should start to praise God no matter what. And that's the kind of people we should be, and we should start to express how much we love God in the way that we attribute value to certain things, and that's what worship is. It's an expression. When we say something is good, that's worship. When we say, I love that, that's worship. When we kind of raise our hands and say, yes, that's worship. That's all worship, and we all do that. And what I want to just, just challenge us today with it's a very simple thought. And this is, this is a message that has two parts. Okay, this message has two parts. It's a, it's a two-part message because the first part um, is for the people who uh, do not have a relationship with God. Now, if, if our church is effective, and actually not just our church, but if the local church is effective, then that means that in this room right now, there should be um, a, a handful, if not half of the people in the room should uh, not know how much God loves them. Like you should be ins inspecting that, you should be uh, suspicious of that, and you might kind of like mark it down like if you were asked it on a test, but you don't like really know it. Like you haven't like come to that place where you're like, oh man, God loves me so much. You really have interfaced with Jesus and like the cross makes sense to you and the resurrection makes sense to you and you just, you love God back. Now we have designed this church, and I say we have designed, that's kind of arrogant to say, actually God, I believe, has designed his church to be a place where someone who doesn't understand how much God loves them is welcome in the room. And so if you are here today, and you don't know how much God loves you, but you're thinking maybe I know, or you want to know more, or you're like on a journey to figure that out, then we're so glad you're here, and we believe that God has so much more to offer you, and we want you to come into this place, and from a spiritual perspective, we, we believe that you're kind of like the candy jar that just hasn't figured out how much God, and you haven't been filled, and you're kind of coming to church, you're walking in, and you're like, I don't know, and I need someone to help me. You mean, you're not, maybe not saying that, but that's your, that's your disposition, that's your attitude, you're kind of walking in, God, I need, I need more, I need to understand, I don't know. And you are not coming here to take the little that you have and give it to the church or give it to Joel or, or give it to the people next to you. In fact, spiritually, you're sitting here, you're going, I feel like I don't have much 
and I need someone to fill, fill this jar up for me. Man, if that is you, like, we exist for you. And so that's why we have what we do here at our church. What, what we have at our church is we've said, we want people like this who don't know how good God is to walk in the door with an empty jar, and we will start to tell you in a way that you will understand how much you have in Christ. So for you, some of you are sitting in here, and I, this, all this, all this part, part of the message is, is don't worry, just sit here, drink it all in, open up your heart, open up this jar, and believe that maybe God wants to fill this, and when he does, your life will change. Now for some of us in the room, we, 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 we started out this way, and somehow we engaged with Christ. Uh, I was with someone the other day, uh, working out, he asked me what my job was, I said, I'm a pastor. He said, how do you get into that? I said, it's funny, I, I just hadn't really answered that question that way. Um, we were benching. I don't know if you can tell. But we were, we were benching. And uh, he said, how do you get into that? I said, I, I was like, I'm just going to answer this question because I think this is the answer. When I was really young, I, I fell in love with Jesus. Like someone told me that Jesus loved me. Sounds silly. And it was like, oh, that's true. Jesus loves me. I want to tell everyone about Jesus. That, that's, that's it. How do you get into that? I don't know. And then from there, it was like, okay, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to figure out how. This was all going on in my head. And he was like, you got that? I was like, I need help. And basically from 12, for me, God started to fill this up. He filled, he filled my jar. He filled my heart, man. And what the scriptures teach me is that in a spiritual sense, and, and this is for now, so this part is for everyone in here that, that might identify. Oh, you know that Jesus loves you, right? Jesus loves me. Uh, if, if that's you in here, Jesus loves me. And like for, for like a little bit, you understand that in a spiritual sense, the Bible teaches in the book of Ephesians, and again, like if you're this, you, you're not going to know what I'm saying, so you're just starting to like slowly get it filled up even when I say stuff like this. But the Bible teaches in Ephesians that in a spiritual sense, once you embrace the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross, that you have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything. Essentially, from the moment you embrace Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he fills you to the brim from a spiritual perspective. That's, that's the truth spiritually. Now, some of us don't feel that way. Some of us get saved and, and we don't really like feel it. We, we still feel empty, but it's just because we haven't truly understood and believed. And honestly, what happens is the world and the devil, he's real, the enemy, who's a father of lies is a better way to put it. He looks at you and even though you're full, he says, that's not good enough. You're not full. You're actually not. And then you look at it and you go, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not full. And the Lord goes, you are full. I cannot love you more. I cannot give you more of myself. I've given you everything I am. And I've died for you and I've made you my son. And you can't do anything to stop being my son. You can't do anything to stop being my daughter. You fully are in the family. And then some of us go on this crazy journey of being told that we're followers of Christ, 
by Jesus and being told that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, and then we spend a bunch of our time trying to fill up our own jar. Okay, I gotta give myself more, I'm not good enough. Ooh, if he sees me empty, I gotta give myself more. We got this little $30 vacuum for our little kids. They like to vacuum when the vacuum's on, so then it's twice as loud and it's twice as annoying. And, but I was talking to Katie the other day, I said, can you imagine if we told Redding, our two-year-old, that in order for her to be in the family, she has to vacuum? That's what a lot of people do who don't know how full they are in Christ. They spend their whole time going, I know I'm in the family, but I gotta work to stay in the family. I gotta do what I, it's like you're a two-year-old, you're, you're born into the family, you're born again, you're a Christian, you didn't do anything to get in the family, God filled you up, you're totally full, until you realize that, you won't live that out. Okay, you just won't. Like, it's not something that you do to figure out, it's something that you believe and live out. Okay, so like, you, you, just, you just gotta be reminded every single day, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And when, and, when, and when you're blessed, and you gotta understand, I'm talking spiritually, because some of you are going, wait, my mortgage, I can't pay it. Oh, I'm sick, I'm this, that's, that, that's not it. You see, you understand that, that the temporal is, is just temporary, and then you have God who's eternal, and he has told you in a spiritual sense, you're totally full. And you just start to believe that, and then when you start to believe that, you start to live that. Now, here's what I see in a lot of people who are in Christ. They come to church, with a full jar, and they go like this. Fill me up, buddy. I'm coming to get more. I need more, give me more. And it's not that it's like, I need a good sermon, or I need the good worship, or I need the kids ministry to be okay. It's actually that like the disposition of a lot of Christians is to walk in expecting to get something. You just come in and go, I'm gonna get something. You forget that you're full, and you come in going, I, I gotta get something. And then a lot of people who are full in Christ, because they're, they're just, their disposition is that they, that they need to get something out of that moment, they, they don't get more, because they can't get more, so they go somewhere else, and they go to a different church, and they walk in, and for a moment, like the pastor says something like a little bit different, and they go, ooh, I heard that in a different way, and they think, yeah, see, I got something, so I'm going to stay here. And then a lot of followers of Christ go like this, um, like, I'm not fed. You know what that means? I didn't get anything. I'm not fed there. And like, for, here's the deal. Sometimes, like, I talked to someone in, in recently that had been at a church for 35 years, and like, they said something like this, man, I've been there for 35 years, the pastor's good, the people are good, and I just, I uh, wasn't getting anything else out of it anymore. And like, in, in churches, we, we ought to times say, well, you know, you need to stay, because it's not about that. I think that at times, it's time to, to go on and sit under a different teacher and hear it in a different way, because we, we get a little stale, and we need to like, we need to be kind of refreshed on how we hear it, right? Maybe a different person that preaches or different style or something like that. I'm not saying that that's, that's bad. But what I am saying is that when someone comes into wherever they've decided to go to church 
and their overwhelming disposition is fill me up, we're in trouble. And I gotta tell you, like, I think one of the reasons that, that 514 Church kind of struggles is because some people who are in this bucket don't like that we've made room for this. I, I know that. I know some of us are out there going, man, I wish, you know, he would use words like sanctified or whatever, justified, you know, horrified. Like, and then, and then it'll be real. But then there's some of you some of you, honestly, you are like this. You know you're full. You don't come to church to get more. You're so excited that this person is here. That you, that is exciting to you, and you're like, I'm so glad that they're here so they can learn and maybe one day be like me. That's 514 Church. And so here, here's the deal. Like, I want to say this, and this is going to be something, again, for these people so before I tell you this, this bottom line for this message, just be honest with yourself, is this you? Not how is your disposition towards this, are you loved, saved, in a relationship with Jesus, and in a spiritual sense have every gift in, in Christ, is that you? If that is you, then this is true for you. Then this is true for you. Worship is a give, not a get. Worship is a give, not a get. So you come to church and you're like, oh, I'm full, baby. Woo! Oh, I'm going to give praise to God. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm going to hit someone right in the face. Because I'm full, man. You know what the scriptures say? about believers who love Jesus, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. You know what that is? I already got, I'm gonna give. We're hitting all kinds of stuff. I am here to give thanks. I am here to give praise. I don't need more. I got plenty. And I'm here to give. And I'm not expecting God to do more for me because I am full. I am totally full. This is the story that we're looking at. This is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Sometime later, after he believed in his promise and he named Isaac, he said, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. I'm here. Go ahead. Take me. I'm going I'm to follow you. He replied. Then God said, take your son. Worship is a give, not a get. Take your son. Take your son. Take. Take. Here's the idea. Give. When you come to church, you guys, 514, members, followers of Christ, those of us that love Jesus, when you wake up in the morning and you come to church and you come in here, are you waiting for God to do a bunch more of what he's already done? Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, man, he has more? Are you waiting for him to do a bunch more that he already did? Or are you coming going, oh, I'm full. My cup overflows with thanksgiving. This is worship. I'm going to give, give. Oh, thank you, Lord, you died for me. Thank you, Lord, you rose from the dead. Thank you, Lord, my kids have Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
I'm going to lift up my hands in praise. I'm not here to get because, man, if I just think about it, I have so much. I'm just going to keep giving to God. This is worship. And then what happens, you know what, here's the thing, is when people see this, when they see us living like this, these people go, oh, I think I get it. This is good, man. God can fill me up too. God has so much more for me. And they go, my life has changed. Because if they can give over and over again, then maybe I should give my life to who they're giving to. Take your son. When you come here, 514 Church, are you, are you thinking, I'm going to give? I'm going to take. I'm taking something. You're going to take something. Every morning when you come to church here from now on, you need to wake up and go like this. What am I going to give to God today? Am I going to give him thanks? Am I going to give him praise? Am I going to give him time? Am I going to give him effort? Am I going to give him patience? Am I going to give him silence? Am I going to give him my finances? And what am I going to give? Because, man, I'm about to enter his courts with thanksgiving. I'm going to enter his courts with praise. This is a church message. This is a Christian message. If the pastor doesn't remind you that this is who you are, go to a church where they remind you that this is who you are. And then what should happen is, as a result of all of this, we should be different in worship. We should be different. We should be the kind of people who go to church ready to give praise to God. We should be expressing how much we love God because of how much he loves us. This means that our voices should be louder. You know what we could do in this church? We could just step it up a whole other level if we just get louder in worship. How about it? Just singing. Just sing, man. I know, I know we have people here, over here, and they're going, ooh, they're raising their hands. That's because they don't, they don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Why would I expect you to raise your hands if you don't know? But here's what I am going to try to do, put you around the people that do know. And the people that do know should not be coming wanting to get more. They should be coming wanting to give more. What are you giving? Take your son. Give something. Your only son whom you love. Give something valuable. There's a lot of things that we can give that is valuable. Now, when we understand how much God loves us, we start to give what is valuable to us because God did not withhold any gift from us. We start to give something valuable. But here's the question, and here's, here's the landing spot. When you come to church, do you give something valuable? You know, one of the most valuable things that every person has in this room is your word, your voice. Give your voice. Come on, I mean, like, Express, sing. At a bare minimum, express, sing. Give something valuable. When I talk to people at our church about giving their finances, I know it sounds like an old like parlor trick or something, but I spend most of the time going, I am asking you to give because of how much has been given. 
And the people that don't realize this, they don't get it. You just, they just don't get it. They just look at what we're doing and go, ah, I don't know. I don't, 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 don't look at me. Don't look at the church. Look at what God has done for you and give back. Abraham was willing to give his son something valuable. Your words are valuable. I saw someone who walked in the church this morning who called me and uh, stopped going to the church three years ago and then started coming. And she lives like 45 minutes to an hour away and she said, I, I wanna be a part of the church. I said, well come and get involved in the kids ministry. She came into church this morning, I mean, you know, tired, long drive to give her time. She's like, I know, I know this. I got to give back. Expressing. Will you give something valuable to God? Would you give him your praise at a minimum? Come on. Sing loud. Express how good God is. And if this is you, just stay around. Stay around. Because you will learn that that God is so good that you could, just, you could just get that thing filled up one time and then you, you'll be reminded of it all the time and then you'll just live a whole life of giving back to God. Let's stand up together and we're gonna sing a song together about praising God and at like a bare minimum, that's my heart for you guys today. Express how much we love God because of how much he loves us. Let, let's take a minute, let's pray. Father. We're sorry that we forget. We're sorry that we come to get all the time. Help us to have a different mind. Help us to come here expecting you to be great because you're already great. Help us to expect that you've already done and then to just, just respond to what you have done for us. Father, it's, it's my fault. I, I often, as a consumer, I, I, I want you to, to do more. I want you to give me a feeling. I want you to give me something new that I learned. But God, you've already given me all of that, and I just forget. Help me to stop forgetting. Help, help 514 Church, those that have their jar full, to start to come to church, not just in an expressing series, but for the rest of their time, uh, on earth to, to come to a, a moment every single week where they go to a place to worship you and think, I'm ready, I'm full, I want to give back. Father, and just change us, change us, change us, change us. Help us to see us the way you see us.